Get ready. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. Cutline breaks down the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the Tap in Birdie podcast. That's right. I had the privilege of being a guest on Brian Kirshner's show, and we had plenty of wax, greenside, sand traps, and putts dropping in through the back door. So here is this podcast on Tap in Birdie. Enjoy as we break down the Rocket Mortgage Classic. All right, we're live, Tappin' Birdie, Rocket Mortgage Classic, with Mike Cavalunas. We, we clarified it before we went line, host of the Cutline Podcast, the ownership guy at Fanshare, a delightful follow, a, a great, you know, Photoshopper, editor, and a, a very sharp mind in the industry. Mike, how you doing tonight? Doing good, BK. Thanks for having me on, man. Love being here. Love being on Tappin' Birdie, man. It's going to be fun. Of course, it's been a long time coming. You know, I think we both can say that. Um, but, you know, I thought there was no more perfect event to have you on for the Rocket Mortgage, which is everyone's favorite event. Big names every year. Great course. Long history. I mean, it's just a great event and a great time of golf during this time of year. Yeah, everyone loves Detroit, right? They love the Feral Cats. And I'm not going to lie, though, it, it's gotten better. I, I got friends who live up there and they're like, hey, it's better. It's way better now than it used to be. It's better now than it used to be. It's a good city. They need it. You know, they need the tournament. Uh, there's not a lot of golf uh, in that area. So I think it's good that they have a, um, a little spot there. So how are you kind of grappling with kind of the biggest letdown part of the golf season? Um, I know it kind of lines up poorly with your schedule being a teacher and you have summers off, but, you know, between the the John Deere, the Rocket Mortgage, the 3M, the Wyndham, like what what is your overall take on these few weeks? Because I think a lot of people just this gets to the part of the schedule where they're like, OK, enough golf. You know, it's hard to get up for these fields. But how, how are you kind of grappling with these few weeks we have here? These are some of my favorite weeks because – we're not competing against anything else. Like there's no football. I mean, yep. there is baseball, but we just got over the all-star break. Um, so I, these are my favorite events because this is the homework we've been doing all year. And we're basically taking everything we've looked at, the players we know, the players we studied, and taking advantage of, of fields. Didn't you smash a showdown last week? I've been doing well on showdown these past couple weeks. It's been fun. I, I don't – exactly know what to attribute my success in showdown to but i just think in showdown there's a lot less there's a lot more room for error versus like week-long dfs like you don't have to get as lucky and a lot of the chalkier plays 
hit, which helped me, you know, I love me some chalk. I love me some 30% owned guys. <laughs> yeah. And then if you just kind of pick a few other guys that are like three, four, 5% owned and they shoot like minus three, you could put something together. So I've done well in showdown these past three weeks. Again, always play the morning guys and just kind of see what goes on. Do you have any success in showdown? Do you like to play showdown or are you more like a week long guy? Historically, I'm a week-long guy at the beginning of the season. I think there's just a big advantage because people are getting back into the swing of things. And then once you get into like the majors, I think the majors are play right into the hands of someone who studies that tournament for showdowns because there's so many casual players in terms of DFS. Um, and, and gambling is obviously a separate entity, but it's just people are just fucking dumb, right? They're going to see like someone shoot minus six, minus seven and go, oh yeah, they're doing it again in round two. I'm like, okay, no, they're not. Probably not. More than likely not. You guys can all play them as chalk. I'm going to go to a different piece of chalk. I'll go to even a different play entirely. And uh, it's advantageous right now, I think in my mind, especially with how much homework you do, right? Yeah. I mean, your process starts probably like Saturday, Sunday, and, and you're breaking down rocket mortgage already. And you're looking at it, going through your numbers, looking at, like looking at the tournament guys who are actually playing next week and taking advantage of that. And the fact that you've been watching all year, right? Who doesn't exactly. smashing a few beers on Saturday, watching someone, you know, the gala miss a cut, but that's okay. Right. That's yeah, okay. We'll that's go just back all right. That doesn't, you know, get anything going, but a nice showdown sweat on Thursday and Friday, you know, Friday's a great showdown day because, you know, everyone's got their first round leader sweat. So, you know, that takes up, a lot of the day that takes up a lot of the momentum. But then on Friday, you know, you might, you know, might have a cut line sweat, you know, a little, little shout out to the pod, but you know, you want a little bit more action. So I suggest everyone plays showdown. There's some great shows like the showdown hoedown uh, with D 75. Go check that out. Run. Pure I love does that guy. Nice. I, yeah, I he's love good. that guy. Like he's, he's like a, he's a flavor guy, right? Cause like you gotta like what he's throwing at you. Like, you got to enjoy that. I know so many people would be like, oh, that guy. I can't stand that guy. But I love his shtick, man. The whole mother-father thing. I love that. I love yeah, it. He's, he's like, good. he's in your face. And he doesn't give a fuck who you play. Just, yeah. this is what he thinks. And I love that. I love that take. Yeah, maybe we'll have a little bit of that vibe tonight. He's coming on next week to TIB. So, a little things there. are going to get pretty <laughs> heated. I don't know if we can contain both our personalities in one pod and both of our drinking in one pod, but we'll have to see. So we'll, we'll have to see. That'll be a great show next week. But before we go any further, got to shout out our presenting sponsor, as always, BetSpurts Golf. Go check them out. I feel like I gained so much information from PGA Splits um, course breakdown every week, which is only to members. So go sign up, use their DFS optimizer, make some lineups with it. They're great. So go check them out. They make this all possible. And I, I couldn't be more happy to, to be partnered with them. So it, it's great to to have someone uh, behind your back and, and pay a little money. So that, that's always great. You know, it's good. It's good stuff. Wait, wait, I, can I throw a plug? Absolutely, dude. <laughs> oh man. Cutlinegolf.com. It's absolutely free. I do all the shit myself. Go check it out. If you want to get a little sexy, a little dirty, check out the foreplay. I... That is one of my favorite reads of the week. Mike puts so much time and effort into his website and into his podcast. It's one of the most well-produced. His website is awesome, just visually, all the effort he puts into it. And I love the core plays. I like the podcast. 
you're putting out great content. So it's, I apologize that it's taken so long for you to come on TIB, but you're here now and that's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, we've chatted before. That, that uh, matters we've too. we've that been counts. on Zooms before. Exactly. Um, going over certain things. So, you know, it, it all came together um, this week. But another, I want to shout out Allagash White. Um, <laughs> a lot of people get on me um, for my beer taste, you know, liking Modelo's and like Heineken's and like, oh, you're always drinking this like sh- shit light beer. It's like, all right. Well, my mom got some Allagash White, so I just took them. I uh, asked her permission, obviously. This is a really great light beer. Um, it's from Maine, Belgian-style wheat beer. It's tasty. Um, it's not a, It's just a great beer. If you're ever out at a bar and they have it, go check it out. But, you know, we're up in the repertoire a little bit. We're being a little bit more classy, and we're not, you know, just drinking some some Coors Light for the night. You know, we're, we're spicing it up. I do have Modelo's X for me, but, you know, this is a nice warm-up beer. There's nothing wrong with the Modelo. No, there's there no, is. And there's there's nothing absolutely wrong. nothing wrong with the Modelo. They're great beer. I've been I drinking them all summer. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, little per- I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm in vacation mode. So the company I work at, we just had this big audit, and I've been stressing about it for months. And it ended today, and it went perfect. It went great. All the work I did, like, paid off. And I'm going on a golf trip to Lake Placid with Andy, PGA Tout, and Jurors this weekend. So I only have one more day of work, and then I'm golf trip over the weekend. So life is good right now. I'm feeling great. This is like, you know, we're just starting vacation mode. One day of work, we'll get stuff done. But we're going to tie one on tonight. We're going to have a couple sodas. We're going to have a couple sodas tomorrow night, and then we're going to play a bunch of golf this weekend. So be tuned. Stay tuned for updates because there will be a lot from – the golfing weekend. I will be absolutely dialed all weekend. Um, and I can't wait. I, I really can't wait. So a lot of great stuff to look forward to. I know Andy is your your good friend and he, you know, he you are great on his podcast. So I, I, I'm glad to, to be joined by him on a golf trip. I, I couldn't imagine golfing with him because He's got to like provide so much intellect into what you need to do to be successful on a particular shot. Like I was yeah. on his, I was on his podcast, and I was like, God, he is so fucking smart. And, yeah, um, he's a smart guy, and it was phenomenal. It was a great show. We talked about ownership and the production of it, but man, I couldn't imagine being in the same cart with him. And he's like, Okay, well, look, you got two hundred yards to the middle of the green, but you got a false front. Make sure that you roll it on up there yeah. and don't fall. That's got to be fun. It's got to be yeah, fun. No, it, a little pressure. So we're like we're partners like against jurors and, and tout. So like he likes to give me a lot of tips like when we're playing together and I have like a pretty straightforward chip and he's like, How are you hitting this? Like where do you want to land? I'm like, yo, like I'm just gonna like chip this out there. Like I'm not really putting that much thought into it, but we'll have a lot of that this weekend. It it will be a great time. So the next question I want to ask you is as someone that puts out really elite ownership. Uh, projections every week for fan chair sports um, and being so entrenched in ownership every single week. How does that affect your DFS playing? How does that affect how you play ownership? Do you find that the chalk guys are hitting more recently? Like how does doing ownership every week affect how you play super chalky or super low owned guys? It really comes down to tournament. 
like if you look at a major, I, I tend to not play chalk. Um, uh, I think you hit the outright on Cam Smith at the open. Um, I hit him too for my sixth outright of the year. But like in terms of like DFS, I was all over Cam that week. And the reason was is no one was really playing him in terms of like yeah. a high, high, you know, a, a high um, – in terms of – it was a leverage play, right? Everyone was looking at Rory. Um, and then I also look at form, so that's a part of it. It it really came down at first. It was hard to not try to get very different. Yeah. And what that was doing, you finish either top 10 or last like every week. And I don't mind that because obviously you're, you're winning some, some GPPs and everything like that. But again, that depends on, on, on your contest selection too. Like if you feel confident in Tony Finau last week, we'll play him, but then understand how to play him. Right. Like if you're going to, if you're going to commit to Tony Finau, you're going to play him in every single entry of yours to get leverage to the field because you don't want the chance at one perfect lineup. You want the chance at 150 perfect lineups. And I think people are just too afraid to commit to that. I think that's the problem. They have a fear of missing out on this guy or that guy. Like you look at this week, like people are looking at Cantlay. People are looking at Finau. Oh, Finau can't win again because it'll be back to back. Well, we saw Xander do that. Why can't Finau do that? So like it, it's it, it really just comes down to who you like watching golf. Um, now it's a little bit different just because honestly, like we're towards the end of the year and game theorying everything is a lot easier because people listen to you. People listen to someone like um, Tambo, Tyler Tamlini, they listen to him, they listen to Mayo, they listen to all these guys. And if you listen to those shows, you know who everyone's going to play. And sometimes that doubles, triples, quadruples ownership. But the thing is, people are getting smarter now. So the yeah. thing I do at Fanshare is I have to not only use the numbers they provide me, but game theory. Like, well, okay, everyone's talking this guy up. You know, a lot of fish aren't playing this week. It's a lot of smarter players. This guy's probably going to go down in ownership versus what is being projected initially so it's fun no. it's it's freaking hard i'll say that a hundred percent and and it's extremely I, hard to project ownership there's so many dms i get like ownership ready yet ownership ready yet i'm like hey dick i'm not like the reason it's so good is because i'm taking a lot of time like i'm not like doing this on my lunch break yeah so it's fun it's fun it's most definitely it's it's interesting for dfs obviously it's it's essential. Um, I think people have a hard time differentiating DFS and gambling. Yeah. Like, like I, I caught Fina live last weekend, even though I faded him in DFS, but that was an ownership fade, but I caught him live. I don't count those as outrights, even though he won, but still, um, you know, it's just, it's a balanced game. That's really what it is. There's no easy answer. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, I really lean, and I'm so open with this. I really lean on the side of I don't. I'm going to play my favorite plays. I'm going to play my the best plays in my opinion, regardless of ownership. I am not looking at a DFS slate like I am going to play this guy because he's low owned over a guy I like that's higher on. That's just not how I play DFS. I know that is not like the quote unquote smartest way to play, but. Like this week, you look at Cam Young. Like, I truthfully, I really believe that he is going to win this golf tournament. I have wagered a lot of money on him to win this golf tournament. Like, I think it sets up so well for him for me to not play him in DraftKings because I believe that, you know, his ownership will be too high. 
I just don't do that. And a lot of people play that way. So it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to play that way. But again, if you want to get different and play the ownership and take went losing weeks on losing weeks, then, you know, obviously you fade plays that you might like in an outright market or that you really like just from a pure ownership standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just understanding contest selection and where you need to get exceptionally different and where you don't have to get exceptionally different because you have less entrance that you're facing. So there we go. There's the Modelo. Try there, there's a Modelo. And then always you need, you need some lime in it. It just makes it that much better. You know, just a straight Modelo. It's not that good to be honest, but you add some lime in it and it's good. So let's get into it. Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, we have a pretty decent field, but overall Detroit Golf Club, uh, you know, a very old classical Donald Ross style golf course. We've seen three drop, like three above average distance golfers off the tee win this tournament. I have this thing in my head that Nate Lashley like is like kind of a bomber, like at least half a bomber. Am I mistaken about that? Like, I feel like Nate Lashley is kind of a bomber. I feel like three long drivers have won this event. Am I mistaken? I don't think Lashley's that much. Like, he's not the bomber that won, like, with DeChambeau. And, and but he's not, like, a Webb Simpson type. Like, he has some meat off the tee. He does. Eh? But now, now you're talking about three years. Is that valid data to say, like, okay, bombers are the way to go? Like, I don't think it's wrong. But the closer you are to the pin, the, the easier it is. But, I mean, he is, I guess, the outlier when you compare it to the other two winners, right? No, 100%. I just think... He is not – it's not like he's a completely different style of player than the other two winners. But what are you looking at specifically this week? What type of players are you targeting? What is your – like what are you going off of this week based on the course and your experience playing DFS and betting at this event for the past three years? Well, I do like driving this since I do have that weighted in – what I'm looking at, but I'm looking at birdies are better gained, greens are regulation gained, approach, ball striking, strokes gained, tee to green. Um, I am waiting a little bit of putting. I don't normally do that because yep. I'll do I'll do separate models for putters um, in, in order to take advantage of that. And I'm really kind of looking at this weather draw, um, <laughs> honestly, moving forward. Like, I, I don't I... know. I don't know how you don't look at that. I didn't see much this week. I don't see much either. Okay. I, okay. I, 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 okay. I agree with that. But like, I, I look until Wednesday night. Like yes. If there's a, if there, like, I will be up at 1 a.m. saying, is there a weather draw now? Is there a yeah. weather favor now? <laughs> Take advantage of it now. Um, but I mean, look at, looking at like, you know, I'm got to do it again. I'm on, on the course report on cutlinegolf.com, which has the live weather forecast widget. Like, Thursday afternoon is worse than Friday afternoon. Is it massively worse? No, but there could be a potential advantage there. Yeah, um, and I think that normally, like just playing Thursday AM guys, just it kind of it just it usually works out. Just regardless of weather, the course is just more scorable Thursday morning. Like it just is. It doesn't matter the tournament or the weather. It just is. So again, showdown first round leader. I I I think it makes sense this week to just play Thursday AM guys. I agree. And, and I think the other thing I look I look at, like with my own system, I do look at putting as an individual weighted category. Um, and I create my own putting metrics to evaluate who I like to play. I actually throw this out all the time about guys who are like 
popping in a putting model, but not popping necessarily in your overall stat models that a lot of guys are, are forming these cooking cutter ideas. Like you're, you're going to lo- see a lot of Max Homa love this week, right? I mean, it's Max Homa. Everyone loves Max Homa, but he's popping everyone's models, but he's number three in my putting model, which I really love about him in terms of that, because this is a putter's course. Yeah. Guys just, you know, you, if you putt better, you score more. Yep. No, definitely. So let's get into it. I, I, let's talk about, you know, the five, the five highest price golfers on the board, the five betting favorites. We got Cantley, we got Finau, prolific winner. We got Willie Z, Cam Young, and Max Homer. I will throw those five at the top of the board. Obviously, I love Cam Young this week. That's, you know, that's pretty obvious. I thought that he was the play the second I found out he was in the field. Um, I think that it is one of the more obvious plays in just golf betting in general because there's a lot of factors that play into why he's so popular this week and why I like him. First would be that he is easily the best driver of the ball in this field. He has shown that his first in strokes gain off the tee over the past 24 rounds, above average distance. Um, he's shown that his driver is certainly a weapon. I think the other factor is just – how close he's been to winning so many events this year. So he has that close finish at the Genesis, then at Wells Fargo, at the Heritage, at the PGA Championship. And then you throw in the Open Championship just next week where he really showed much prowess with the driver. He showed that he has a great wedge game. Um, I think the only knock on him this week is that he's not – an amazing putter. He is not 100%. He's a much better ball striker than he is putter. But on the off chance that he can roll in a lot of putts this week, I think he obviously has a great chance to win. So I have a lot of money on it. I really think he is your winner this week. Are you currently projecting him as the highest zone guy? Because every week there's somebody that everyone talks about as oh, this guy is going to be the most popular. He is going to be the most shocky. Do you think Cam Young comes in as the highest owned golfer this week? As of now, I would say yes. As of now, I would say he's probably near 29, 28. I mean, depending on how he gets talked about this week, and that's really dependent on Mayo, I guess, like up to 30%, 32%. I have reservations, honestly, about Cam Young. If we're talking about just these five. I mean, you, you look at 2022 stats, He's 101st in this field in greens and regulation. Okay, that, that's just 2022. We're not looking at recent form. We're just looking at just 2022. He's 83rd in rounds in the 60s. He's 98th in strokes gained on the par threes. He's 41st in bogey average. He's 67th in bogey avoidance. And, and the one thing I, I, I don't love about playing these guys on these easy courses is that you take like a difficult course, in guys that are elite, like you say, like Justin Thomas, someone like that, that's when they pull out those shots that are like, how the hell did he do that? And that's where guys like Cam Young, even guys I argue like Tony Finau can't do that. Um, now you put it in a level playing field where you eliminate those difficult shots, and it's a little bit different. It's hard for me to commit to 30% Cam Young, and it's hard for me to commit to someone who in the field is not even in the in, in the top 40 of greens and regulation. So that's my hesitation with Cam Young. Do I, like my gut says, yeah, play Cam Young. But again, my DFS brain says, no, I'm not going to play Cam Young. 
Like no, I, 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 and I think a lot of people have that same thought as that they are very happy to bet him at 20 to one, but they know his ownership is going to be super high. So I'm, absolutely, absolutely I'm, take the betting. I would yeah. take the betting over, yeah. over DFS, but like, if we're going to go in the betting market, absolutely take the 20 to one hammer it. And if you can find a better hammer it, but, um, you know, there's risk with all these guys up here in the top range just because of the way the course is going to be set up. So we were just talking a little bit about, you know, public perception and what people are going to do. And you said that, oh, well, Tony Finau is not going to play. No one's going to play Tony Finau because he just won last week. That is 1,000% accurate. I, I think that after a guy, especially like Tony Finau wins, I just don't think people are so quick to go and play him again, especially with Cantley, just $100 more expensive. So my, I personally believe that he will absolutely be the lowest owned in this price range. So if you want a lower end guy to play, maybe with Cam Young, play two top guys, I think that makes sense. But you would agree that Finau will have a much discounted ownership this week based on him winning last week. I just don't think there's any doubt about that. I agree. I agree. I, I think that you look at Cantley and Finau, in my opinion, Cantley is the better player. But if you look at the recent form, what Cantley had third at the Memorial, 14th at the U.S. Open, 13th at the Travel. Like, like it's impeccable form. But like, it's not like Finau's been terrible. Second, then he had the yeah. miscut at the U.S. Open, but then 13th, 28th at the Open Championship, one last weekend. You're going to tell me that Finau doesn't want to feed those five kids he has? Come on, man. He'll <laughs> take no, all the I, money I think he it's can a, get. It's no. similar to a Xander situation, like you said. Like, you know, a guy that doesn't win that often, when he pulls off a win, people are quick to fade next week. I don't think Tony Finau is going to win this week, but I do think that if he comes in around, you know, 13, 14% ownership, like I think that's a good play where I project a lot of these guys would probably be pretty high owned. The guy, I don't, it's hard for me to read um, Wills Alatoris because in the same token as to where people want to be on um, Cam Young's first win, they want to be on Zalatoris' first win. I'm under the impression, my take on Zalatoris would be that I believe that he gets his first win at a, at, like literally at Tory Pines, the Masters U.S. Open and PGA next year. I don't really see him winning um, a random event like this. I just don't know if his game is best suited for that. So my take on Zalatoris versus Young this week is that I just trust Cam Young to contend and win a lower scoring event because he's shown that he can. Just two weeks ago at the Open Championship – Solo second, minus 18 at Riviera. Um, I think he got to minus 15 or 16. Um, so I just trust him to make more birdies than Will Salatoris. Obviously, Will can, like 100%. Like, But I believe that he is better suited and he's at a much better number. But I don't know if people think that way about Will. Uh, people love Will. Like, yep. like my, no, but I'm just saying, I'm, just, I'm going to talk about ownership real quick. My initial projection for Cam Young was like 29.69. My initial projection for Zalatoris, 28.78. So people are all over one or the other. Okay. Like they're, they're, right. There's no, there's no fading it. I, I don't know. I can't buy Zalatoris either. It kind of just fits in that same boat as Cam Young. Like I'll bet him. 
that just like that that thirty percent ownership for DFS. I don't know about that, but like, like doesn't San Torres feel like just like like I'm trying to like almost like this is a bad bad like comparison, but it's like when Tony or when Tommy Fleetwood was like really like DFS darling. Like, I'm going to play him. He's going to win this week. 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 And we're not in a major, just kind of like how you said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Willis Altors because he's going to win this week. And then he just lets you down. Yeah. And then he doesn't even get there in DraftKings scoring. I, I totally And he was horrible at this event last year. Oh, like, it was brutal. He was horrible. Like, I want no part of Willis Altors this week. I think Cam Young is a better play. They are matched up at a lot of book. Cam Young is actually the underdog. That will be a big bet for me. I, I'm taking a stand here. Um, so, you know, again, I, I really, it's not even a question. Cam Young is my favorite play up here. You were talking up Homa before. I would assume he will be popular. Did you get there in your outright card? Um, will you be starting lineups with Homa? Um, I think that Homa is a very popular play because he's cashed a lot of outright tickets for people. People know him as an elite driver, elite iron player, elite putter. Like, I, I don't think he has any real weakness to his game. He's shown that he can contend on, you know, tree-lined Parkland golf courses, you know, both those events that he won. Cam Young has also done great at. But what is your kind of take on Homa this week in terms of ownership and your own, you know, personal affinity for him this week? I like Max Homa because he's coming in about 16, 17% ownership. That number could obviously change by Wednesday night. And that's just game theory, kind of just kind of evaluating the whole environment of, of PJ DFS. But I don't see why you wouldn't take him at 20 to one. If you don't like anyone in front of him, like why wouldn't you then just take Max Homa? The guy's won four times on tour. And if we're talking about just this group, this grouping, right. Other than Cantlay, why wouldn't you take a discounted Max Homa in betting yep. at 9,900 who's won four times, right? That's two behind Cantley, And the only other guy is Tony Fina, who's won three times on tour. Wins out, and Cam Young have never won. So if you're talking about like advantage in terms of numbers, 20 to one, 20 to five, 25 to one, I, I think I got my 25 to one. I'd have to double check back on that. But Homa is discounted probably because he missed the cut at the open. I would assume is why he's, he's this kind of whatever the algorithm is at DraftKings, and then Vegas, they know everything. So, but I mean, like you look at the course history, 25th in 2021, 42nd in 2019, he's played, you know, twice as much as everyone here in this top range. Yeah. Like if you're going to tell me course, course history or knowing the course doesn't matter. I'm going to say that's BS. Homeless played here twice and he's made the cut twice. Yeah. I, I think home is a good play. I, I'll be playing him. In DraftKings, I'll probably split half my lineups with Cam Young, the other half with Max Homa. That's kind of just what I'm doing up top. They'll be higher owned, but I think I could get a little bit different um, more down the board. So as we kind of move into like the lower 9,000 range, you know, this like 30 to 40 to 1 range, um, I, wanna, I want to like kind of talk about three guys in particular in this range. I think two are really attractive options to people this week. The third, I think, is gaining some steam. But I want to talk about Kisner, Denny, and Mav McNeely. I think that Denny is going to catch a lot of steam this week. And I think people wanted to bet him, but then they looked at the 35-1 to 1 number and they just kind of – didn't want to get there or expecting anything better. But I think, you know, you are one that's very big on narrative, what people are talking about. I think that 
people want somebody with a hot putter. Denny McCarthy is legitimately the best putter on tour, and he's showing some really great recent form. So I think he makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. Just coming off the sixth at the John Deere, seventh at the U.S. Open, fifth at the Memorial. I don't know if he peaked or not, but when you talk about a shorter course – that seems to check Danny McCarthy's box. And you're talking about after making a lot of putts, that's Danny McCarthy. So out of those three, I easily like him, but then I think Kisner is going to get some love given his course history, given his T21 at the open championship. Matt McNeely, I want no part of, I don't think he's that great of a golfer. Um, I will be fading him. I will be betting my friends in matchups and his placement positions. So, of those three, I think it's clear one, Denny is my favorite, then Kisner, and then Matt. But where do you kind of fall on those three? You have like a very unique like moment there. Like Kisner, in terms of like course projections, like what I have for like you can find this all on the website, but like I and, and you could download the model and see it. But on the course projections, I got Kisner on this course particularly number one. I got Mav number nine, but I got Denny number forty five. In my overall projections, they all rank in the top 20. In terms of like similar course projections, Kisner 7th, Mav number 9, and then Denny McCarthy 27th. So so that's just kind of the volatility, how I do my own projections. Um, the thing that you're looking at these guys in particular, so Kisner and McCarthy are like Kisner's first of all hot, like coming in hot. Like that's just a recent form play. So I'm really not interested in that. He can score, don't get me wrong, but he's not historically a great putter and historically a poor approach putter. So like you're kind of catching lightning in a bottle, right? You caught it with 21st at the Open Championship, 6th at the Travelers, but that's coming off four straight missed cuts. So when is the negative regression going to happen with Kisner? That's a question you're going to have to ask yourself and decide when you're picking your place. Denny McCarthy, on the other hand, he talked about the putter and he talked about the recent form. The only missed cut, you know, in the last five, six tournaments was at the Travelers Championship. And then we had sixth, seventh, fifth, 27th, and 48th, I think, at the PGA Championship. It's pretty exp- impressive. And then Maverick McNeely, you're coming off three straight made cuts, uh, 49th, 16th, and 8th after missing the cut at the Travelers. So to me, looking at these three in particular, I like probably Mav McNeely the most um, just because he's going to have the most scoring upside thanks to the putting ability. Um, but all three of these guys are going to have problems with approach if they're like off their game. Okay. The one thing I do like though, looking at like 2022 PGA stats, Mav is, you know, he's 11th in the field in scoring just to highlight though, that Danny McCarthy's third in the field in scoring, um, but he's seventh in birdie average. And we're on a scoring course here. Um, I think that's huge when you're looking at birdie average, but recent form comes into play too, man. Like, like this is a coin flip, right? Like I don't yeah. love Kisner because I'm waiting for the, you know, the other shoe to fall off. So between the, between the three, I would take Mab first, then Denny, then Kiz. Yeah, no, I, I think those are going to be three popular plays. Like, I'm they're sure. actually, they're actually not. They're 10, you 11%, don't think- 10, 11% right now. All right, so you know, I I think I can work them into some lineups. I think those uh, the one of the Kisner and Denny would be kind of my second guy in going there. I on my betting card, I might have a little bit of room, but I'm not really sure. I, I haven't really completed um, it yet. I have a lot of guys further 
um, down the board. But something I wanted to talk to you about, I've talked about it on other pods this week. You're talking about people getting smarter. I, I don't know if the people that missed the cut last week at high ownership are going, you're going to get a huge discount on them. Like you talked about, I think people are smarter. I think that people are more inclined to be like, okay, this guy burned me last week, but he's going to be lower owned. So like, I'll play him again. I think that people like Andy talk about that on his podcast and that people are like, okay, like that's, that's like, that's a good thing to do. I'll do that too. So I believe that, you know, like guys like um, Tringali, um, Davis Riley, Sahith, um, I, I don't know if you're going to get that ownership discount on them. Do you think they are good plays, though, off of this cut? I love Tringale's name. I don't necessarily love him as a play this week because – He's still coming in at like 10, 12%. And I'd rather just pay up for the gala, right? He was a better golfer and has shown it in far less tournaments than journeyman Cameron Tringale. Like I'd rather go up to Sahith. Um, this whole like range, right? From that like 9,300 down to 8K, it's filled with nostalgia. It's filled with, with golfers that people get like short little mini hard-ons for. Like, sorry to be so d- dirty, but uh, like, I mean, Gary Woodland's in this range, right? And people yeah. are like, oh yeah, Gary Woodland, yeah, he he won he won at Pebble Beach, won the major, like he could score. Like, I I think it's gonna get really spread out, and right now that's the way I'm playing it. That you're really not looking for any leverage at this point, with the exception of Keegan Bradley, and maybe this is a personal bias. I put him at like seven percent. Fuck that guy. I think I play that guy. <laughs> no, love it. I, I think that, but I, I do agree. I, I don't think there's much differentiation in kind of that lower 8K range. I think they'll all get um, a lot of love. I think Hubbard is really, I, I project, I think he's going to be pretty popular this week. Um, I think he's somebody that always pops in people's stat models and he's playing some good golf recently. I, I'm considering betting him around, you know, you know, 56 to one, but he, he's certainly trending. Um, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row, 13th, 13th, 47th, uh, 44th. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think Hubbard's probably my favorite play in here. He'll, he'll definitely be in my pool. I have him starred. But two guys that I bet outright, um, one guy that I really like this week, and I, I think it's becoming a bit more of a, a popular play, but I think 75 to 1 on Cam Champ is a pretty good number with some good upside. I, you know, I was joking with some friends. Like, I just think that there is something to playing Cam Champ after a great start because he's a very shrieky player, but he seems to find it and he seems to channel it for another week or two or so. We saw that last week with him winning the 3M, but I just think the way he battled back after shooting three over – Thursday of the 3M Open and then having three straight rounds under par and finishing in the top 20, you know, gaining, you know, four strokes, ball striking, 3.4 putting. Like, I'm down. You play Camp Champ after a good start. I think it would be very fitting for him to be a 3M and Rocket Mortgage champion. We're talking about how driving distance can be a massive advantage this week. So, Give me Cam Champ at, at 75 to 1. That, that's a very 
easy play for me. That was a very easy bet for me. And I will be playing him in DraftKings. You know, he might miss the cut. He might, you know, score super well. But I, I would say that he will finish in the top 20 this week. I, I like the bet for an outright. I love the bet for Cam Champ for top 20, top 40. To, to piggyback off that, I really love Russell Henley here as like a DFS like gem because he's going to come in maybe single digit ownership. I think people will talk about though, where he'll get to like double digit, like 10, 11%. So really nothing significant, but similar to, to champ with the exception of like the idea of driving distance You're you're going like middle of the field with that, but the guy can ball strike. The guy can approach. Like, I think he ranks like second in the field in strokes can approach. So he's one of the best wedge players, exactly. mid iron players on tour. That's why he was so popular at the Wyndham last and then year people are gonna and see, at the Sony, yeah. People are going to see that he missed the cut in 2019 here, and they're going to be like, no, not touching him. And, and, his- and I think another thing that bodes well for Henley at discounted ownership is that he does not have a good start on tour since, like, the players. Like, he's just had a lot of middling results, but I, I trust his ability. We've seen him, you know, be very much in contention to win golf tournaments. So, my perception, my few beers deep perception is Russell Henley hasn't done dick in months. I'm not playing him. So I do think he will be single-digit ownership. So I think he's a good leverage play. I, I, I do. You can't fade Cam Champ here. Guys want, like, you know, 12th yeah. in 2020, 46th in 2019, um, 16th last weekend at the 3M Open. Like, this is kind of like when Cam Champ shines, right? And you're getting him at a discounted price at 7600 in my opinion. Um Looks great in my model, 22nd overall. Love it. So the next guy I bet, I think I got a, a 65 or 55 to one this week is Scott Stalling. So do you have any kind of thoughts about Scott this week? I think he I'm surprised he's a little bit, you know, not as popular, but two straight top tens, eighth at the Travelers, fourth at the John Deere. Ball striking it really well. Great numbers on approach. Great numbers putting. And then just a few starts ago, that top five where he was in contention to win at the Charles Schwab. So, you know, Scott Stallings, I think it's a good play. I think that, you know, he was high in Andy's model at the week. I think he'll be popular. But do you think Scott is a good play this week? Because I think I'm all over. I agree. Stallings is a great play. Like, you look at, like, courses that are similar – and I do this in, in the projection he ranks 10th overall and you're getting them at $7,700. So there's a ton of upside. Um, great form, great fit for this course, especially at 7,700. You get them at like what? 50 to one. Did you get them at 50 to one. Yeah. I think 55 or so. So that, yeah. that's fine with me. And a lot of people here are going to go to, you know, go to Ju Hyung Kim. Yep. Or they're going to go down to Cam champ. And I mean, people are even going to Matt Kuchar. Like, we talked about, like, everyone getting a hard-on for, like, nostalgia and all that BS crap. But, like, I ain't going to play strokes gain old. I don't touch strokes gain old. I don't touch Jason Day because of strokes gain back. Like, these are different strokes gain categories you can't find on the PGA website, but I don't touch them. Um, But, like, comps to this range for, like, for Scott Stallings would be, like, Mac Hughes. And if we're talking about a betting market, Scott Stallings at 50-1, to Mac Hughes – not necessarily like a fit for this course, not necessarily like a scorer, but you look at a course history, 14th and 21st, and the guy can putt with the best of them. You get four rounds of a hot putter at 100 to one. Mac Hughes makes sense. 
I know he's coming off two missed cuts, but guess what? Those were across the pond. Before that, 25th, 24th, 28th, 37th at the Memorial to finish that up. I'll take Mac Hughes for a winner at 101. Um, you don't need to put a lot of units on it, right? Yeah, so that's only fine. 30. Like 30 Stallings, pounds? though, I like. Okay, Stalling, fine. Stalling. Lock him in. Play Lock Scott Stallings this week. Lock him in if you want to. Like three wins on tour, right? All Mac right. Hughes, the dude Mac can Hughes, do it. Mac Hughes is one. One win on tour. <laughs> Um, trying to think of like where where the hell is where the hell does he live? Scott. Oh, Stallings is from Tennessee. Okay, that's you know that's so me. we're that's not okay. all the way down in Florida. So like we're looking at like some bent poa up there in Tennessee. Yeah, so we're good to go. Fine. Yeah, we, we, we could, could be go. here. We could go on Scott. Um, the next guy, you know, it's been a joke with my friends. Um, you know, these past couple weeks, Chris got her up. You know, things got a little heated um with some friends but we're all good now um i invented hat i didn't invent like being on chris goddard but i did invent team up so if you use that just tag me in it i just like kind of want to be a part of it however 100 to 1 like yeah like i'm down like he's not gonna win like you got me 100 but at 100 to 1 like sure why not like he, he could do it 7400 i will be playing him but he's just playing some great golf and again it plays into the elite driver of the ball i mean the pga tour can't stop tweeting about him because of how prolific of a driver the ball is he's just 330 easy carry off the tee great iron player too good wedge player he can put it close again horrible putter like you got me like He's not a good putter. Like it's going to be hard for him to make a lot of putts. However, all it takes for him to be neutral with the putter. And I really think he has a good shot to win this week. I'll be playing him in DraftKings. I think he'll be pretty popular. I don't really see why people would hop off him, but I am team up this week and I'm excited to enjoy it with my pals up in Lake Placid. Cause I think it's a joint team up. Everyone's on this guy. First of all, where the hell did you find Goddard up for a hundred to one? That's I couldn't. I DraftKings oh. Sportsbook. I literally can place it for you right now if you want it. I it's on DK it. at a hundred to one. DraftKings. Yes, it's literally on DK at a hundred to one. I threw oh man, that that scares me because I was looking at Bovada earlier today, and they had him at sixty six. So but it's a hammer play. It's got to be a hammer play on DraftKings, right? <laughs> I mean, you let me know if you want some money on it. Let me know. I will place it for you. Well, I got DraftKings, but you know, I just, I, I look everywhere. Um, I don't know. Other 101, like Chris got up at 101 on DraftKings. Absolutely. I think other guys, you got to consider 101. Gligic, right? Yes. MG, you got to consider him. Um, maybe Bo Hostler never won on tour, but there's always yeah. a, you know, bro- break your, uh, Break your virginity card, waste some money like I did last weekend on Ricky Fowler. Um, I don't know. You want to go with old man Stuart Sink? You want to go with Hank Leviota? You want to go Leviota back? Leviota to... was in contention last year. He he could have won this event. You want to go to Smo? Team Smo? Team Smo? I mean, like this, we should we gotta make a bet together. What is we gotta the bet, bet has got her up at a hundred to one. Well, you already got him. We got to do it together. We no, can't... I like Wyndham Clark. I've been riding Wyndham Clark. I've been playing a lot of Wyndham Clark. I am not going to hop off now. I think there's something special 
in his game. I think it's going to pop one of these weeks. He's just been playing. Okay, he's played a lot of golf in a row. I don't care. Uh, but he's just been consistent. I've been playing, like, as just, like, a low seven DraftKings play, top 40 play. Like, I like him. I'm betting him out, right, you know, for the upside. But, again, long driver of the ball can make a lot of birdies. Played well at the Canadian Open. 16th at the Scottish. Like, Wyndham's, like, my low seven guy this week. I, I really like his game. And I, I think that he's talented enough to to pop one week and go out and win. Glegic is 130 to one. I there like I know a lot about golfers. Like I could not tell you a single thing about Glick. Like I know nothing about him. I have no takes on him at all. So like, why is he your guy this week? What what is catching your eye about him? Oh, it's a putter play. I'll start there. Okay. Like like it's it, like he's not gonna pop anywhere. He's thirty two oh, wow. years old. He's thirty two years old. He's a journeyman. On you know, he's a journeyman. He's never won on PGA Tour. Um. Let's see. He's a uh, Canada resident. So there you go. Um, but basically putting on like that bent pull a mix. But the reason I like it is because he can score. And his approach game has been getting better recently. We can get him 131. It could be a tap and birdie cut line combo bet play. And when it hits, we smash. And then like we double our followers. Um. Okay. Like I'm looking at his recent results. Like there are a lot better than like a lot of people's 40th at the travelers 10th at the john deere 21st at the barbasol 16th at the 3m gaining like on average like four strokes putting each event you know that bent poem mix at the travelers you gained 5.9 on all right like he's in the player pool like i'm playing him i'm down to bet it with you 100 like i'm down we'll split it um we'll throw a couple bucks on it you know we got money and you know, I, I'm fine with that play. You know, there's what a do we do? We do we doing a unit? We gonna do a unit on this? We doing no? I, I'll throw like thirty bucks on it. Like all right, just, thirty with you. Know. We'll do yeah, thirty okay. both. Thirty all both plus. Right. So we're in. He's on the card. Um, He's on the card. I know nothing about, but you know, I'm down. I, I'll tell you. So as we kind of get into the six k range, you know, more bombs. You know, more guys down the board. I really like Lee Hodges. Um, he's been playing some really great golf, and he's a really, really, really good approach player. Horrible putter. Again, you don't really want that this week, but I believe, again, like a lot of other people, if he's just a neutral putter like Goddard, like I really think he has a chance to contend. 16th at the 3M Open last week, gained nine strokes on approach. Like, Okay, like, um, whatever. Like, I don't care who it is. You gain nine strokes on approach the week before. I'll play you. His best putting performance recently was at the Travelers, where he finished 25th. Again, another bent poem mix. But I was looking at his stats. Like, he's a horrible putter, but when he putts well, he gains, like, four strokes. So, I think 200 to one um, or more. But he is my favorite 6K play by a mile, Lee Hodges, um, any love for Lee this week? I like Lee Hodges. I think he kind of like fits in the, the, the same kind of wheelhouse as like Tyler Duncan or JJ Spawn. Um, I'd even argue like Lucas Glover, if you want to go with someone a little bit older, a little bit, you know, more of the journeyman, but Lee Hodges totally fits into like anyone's game plan this weekend. Uh, no one in this 6k range, just to clarify is getting any extreme ownership. So, 
you can play whoever the fuck you want and be happy because you're just you, no one's like getting a ton of love to where it should like take you off anyone. So there's no double digit ownership. But I like Lee Hodges. He has been playing better. Um, I tend to look for like unique aspects about these guys in the 6K range. And and Lee does have a lot, but um, um, specifically looking at him, like he's like 48th in like comp courses in my projection model. So that's awesome when you're looking at someone who's only like 6,800 and you're in, in DraftKings. He's 26th in my aggregate model, 27th in my confidence model, 19th in my overall stat model. So the only like concern I have as we move forward to like Wednesday is if it, people start looking at other shows, listen to everything, and Lee Hodges starts getting steam, and that ownership goes from like two percent to nine ten percent, then I'm gonna be <laughs> off him. Then I'm gonna be like, I okay. don't think Lee Hodges will be nine ten percent. Like I think I did a pretty you good have job. No idea. Him? You just sold Lee Hodges, so you just sold nine k like sixty eight hundred dollar Lee Hodges, and 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 I know how many people listen to your show. I know how many people watch your show. I know how we use your tags on Fanshare. Lee Hodges just bumped like five, six percent. So, so good for that way to way to keep that close to the vest. No, Lee. Look, I, I'm Lee Hodges is the nuts play this week. Like I am putting that out there. Lee Hodges nuts play this week. Put him in your lineup. We'll see if it affects ownership because it won't. Lee Hodges will be like <laughs> four, five percent. So, you know, that might be a little bit high, but whatever. So do you have any other 6K plays that you really like to, to fill out your lineup? Anyone popping in your models this week? I like Tyler Duncan if his ownership stays low. He looks good in my model. He, 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 like You look at like recent form, 45th at 3M Open, 46th at the Travelers, miscut at the RBC Canada, but he does have like decent scoring upside for this price range. Because he's 39th in birdie average, um, and then 17th, or I'm sorry, 27th in greens and regulation, 26th in the field in, in approach. So there's a lot of like advantages in playing Tyler Duncan in this field. Um, looking at driving distance, if we're gonna go back to that narrative, you're looking at guys like Brandon Haggy, Bramlett, Kevin Chapel. To I, I would need to do it like to really give it justice. I would need to do a deeper dive. But the thing you see about Haggy right away is his course history sixth in 2021 39th in 2020 so like there is some things that he likes about this course and plus like you look at his recent form you know even though he missed the cut at the 3m open yeah pretty badly by the yeah, way like, it's pretty, pretty bad, badly what what else are you expecting from these guys in the 6k range like except for like chess and hadley who but apparently- literally two weeks ago hagey played super well at the barbasol so i i but it was just funny i was like okay like played well at the barbasol like you know, 3M, you know, 6K play. Like, let me, no, he was just got awful. But he just popped three weeks ago. So I, I think it's a decent play. Yeah, Justin Headley has his good form at 6,900. But, like, trying to go lower, it's hard. Because, like, I'm looking for scores, right? I'm looking for scores in the field, guys who have been doing it recently. Do you want to go back to Scott Piercy? I don't know. I isn't Piercy like isn't Piercy like now like when you're down after the front nine like I know this I'm gonna be golfing with my buddy Rich golfing with my buddy Tom and I'm gonna be losing I'm gonna look at him like hey don't pull Scott Piercy yeah just hoping they do that I think it's always kind of a Russell Henley for me um just given like the consistency and like the elite caliber 
um, that he is. So anyone that blows it on the back nine, it will always be a Russell Henley to me. But I, I think Piercy was probably just a one-off um, event. I, I don't know if he's going to play super well this week. I don't really think um, that's in the card. So Piercy, I, I will not go back to him. But do you think people will? Like, do you no, think? No, no. I think okay. I think they'll they'll see what happened on Sunday and fade him, but. I'm, and he's I'm, not a likable guy, so I think that also hurts him. That that does hurt him. But looking at scores, like other guys that interest me, like Chad Remy, Melnati, Satoshi Kadaira. Satoshi always. Um, David Lipsky, Danny Lee, you know, the, the standard guys that we look at for scoring. Um, if we're looking at putters, you know, guys in this range like that are just like putting experts. You're obviously going to go to Bo Hostler, even though he's going to burn you and miss the cut because he sucks. Austin Cook, Hadley, Vince Whaley. So it kind of just looks at like what you're valuing this week. I'm more of the scoring scoring side of things than I am the putting and trying to like mix and match those guys. So like looking at driving distance, let's see. We got like Haggy, Bramlett, Chamble, Paul Barjon, Charlie Hoffman, Curtis Thompson, Kevin Tway. So like 6K is always full of garbage. You always, know. always is. Um, but, you know, I think we navigated pretty well. I think we gave out some nuts plays um, for everybody. So it was an excellent pod. Um, it was really great. I think we we ran through the board well. Uh, Cam Young is your winner. Go bet him at 20 to 1, whatever you're um, feeling comfortable betting on. You know, What about our, our combo bet? I thought that's the winner. Our combo bet, Gillick, you know, maybe a top 20, top 40. I think that's – um, a good place. So what I want to ask you is how was your golf game this summer? How are you playing? Um, you know, with being off being a teacher, how is your golf game this summer? How are you hitting the ball right now? I spend more time probably at the range than anyone I know. Maybe at Stu Bega on Twitter might spend more time at the range than I do. Um, and I'm just working on my game. And then in my backyard, all I do is work on chipping. That's all I do. And I love wedge play. So like, give me a, give me my 60 degree, give me my 58, everything just to mess around. So golf game's great. Golf game's great. I broke 80 for the first time last, uh, last summer. Haven't done it this summer yet, but, but it's coming. You just have to have your, your spike week and uh, you know, you'll be good. No, no problems at all. Mm, Not at all. Uh, I'll throw my swing up on Twitter, I guess, at some point. Maybe I'll go to the range tonight, throw it up there, and like you guys can all hack it and smash it and say, oh, that's yeah, garbage. Yeah, it, it's tough um, kind of tweeting out um, your your golf swing. Like You're just never going to win unless you have like a perfect swing. But at the same time, I really – I don't care. You know, I, I'm fine to tweet out. I'm down to take some heat from, you know, the Twitter lights. I think that's – you know, kind of my brand is just kind of being someone that doesn't care and, you know, post things and, and take some shit from people. So that's fine. I'm down, you know, it's you know, your calves. This, you know what it is? It's your calves, man. Those, yeah. I've, those, I have some pretty nice calves. Won't lie. Those are great. You yeah, should just do all, back all genetics, all genetics. Um, so, you know, things are, things are good. Uh, but I appreciate everyone who checked out the pod. I appreciate everyone who listened to the pot. I appreciate everyone who was grinding for the rocket mortgage and the three M open and the Wyndham. You're, you're a great guy. You know, you appreciate the finer things in life. So 
Go check out the cut line. Go check out his website. Go check out his podcast. It's all great stuff. It's all very valuable information. And he does great ownership projections. So, Kev, it was a pleasure having you on, and uh, I appreciate the time tonight. Thanks, BK. It was awesome, man. It was a blast. All right. Everyone have a great night. We'll talk to you soon.